Well, welcome to Celebration. It's so good to have you with us here today. And uh, just excited about today because we're actually starting a series that's going to happen now for a number of weeks. And uh, today is the first of the series. And I, I actually believe, I really do believe that the topic that we're talking about is going to be very impactful to how you look at life, how you view life, and how you approach life from a biblical perspective. You know, there's a pattern that you will see in the scriptures, and I, I'm going to start by just giving you some, some verses where God spoke to people, going all the way back to creation. I know what you're thinking. He's starting in creation. It's going to be a very long message. No, uh, but I, I am going to go back to creation. I'm going to walk you through uh, some of these verses where God spoke to people, and I want you to see if you can pick up on this pattern. In Genesis chapter 1, in verse 28, God speaks after he's created mankind, and he says this, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then we go past creation and we have, of course, the flood and Noah, you know, and his family are saved and Noah and his family now come off the ark. And what does God say to them? Genesis chapter nine and verse one. Then God blessed Noah and his sons saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Well, we move on uh, past Noah, and God begins to work with a guy by the name of Abram, who eventually becomes Abraham. What does God say to him? What does God say about his life? Genesis chapter 17 and verse 6, I will make you very fruitful. Are you picking up on the pattern? I'm sure that you are. I will make you very fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. Now we go from Abraham to his son, Isaac, and in Genesis 26, 22, God says this to Isaac. He moved away from there, or about, about Isaac, the scripture says. He moved away from there. He dug another well. He'd had contention over two other wells, and he's trying to settle himself. And, and they did not quarrel over it. So he named it Rohaboth, for he said, at last the Lord has made room for us. And then Isaac says this, and we will be fruitful in the land. We will be fruitful in the land. Well, Isaac has a son named Jacob. Genesis chapter 28, verse three, the scripture says this, may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful. Make you fruitful, increase your numbers until you become a community of people. Well, eventually, as the story goes, Jacob becomes Israel. God changes his name, and it's literally the beginning of the nation of Israel. And to Israel, God says in Genesis 35, God said to him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful. Increase in number. A nation and a community of nations will come from you, and kings will be among your descendants. Finally, we'll look at Moses. Moses, who led Israel out of Egypt, you know, and, and through into the promised land. And in Leviticus 26, 9, God says this, I will look on you with favor and make you fruitful. Make you fruitful. Listen, I'm sure by now you've picked up on the pattern that God keeps saying over and over and over, my intention is for you to be fruitful. I have made you to be fruitful. I will make you fruitful. So here's the question now. What does that look like 
for us in the New Testament. We're seeing this pattern certainly throughout, uh, you know, the Old Testament and God dealing with some of the key players, uh, you know, from, from the Old Testament. What does this look like now coming into the New Testament? Well, the purposes of God are the same for our lives as well. In fact, that's what salvation is all about. You and I receive forgiveness and acceptance, you know, by God through Christ so that we can live a fruitful life. Romans chapter seven and verse four, here's what it says. So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead. Now it says the purpose, in order that we might bear fruit for God. In other words, your salvation was for this express purpose, that you would bear fruit for God, that you would be, be fruitful. You know, the gospels, uh, in, throughout the gospels, Jesus would often talk about the subject of fruitfulness and, and talked about it in different ways. But one of the passages that really stands out is John chapter 15, where there's quite a, quite a large section of John 15 that's all about being fruitful. In fact, in John chapter 15 and verse eight, Jesus said this about us. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Wow, bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. In other words, your fruitfulness is actually the evidence of your following Jesus. Your fruitfulness, that's how central bearing fruit is in our lives. Being fruitful is literally the calling of the Christian life. Being fruitful is actually evidence of a Christian life. You know, we think about life and we, we think about what our focus should be in life and what our value should be and you know, what our life should be all about. I, I wonder how you might describe your life. I wonder, I wonder what kind of statement you might make. I mean, we talk about, hey, I'm living the life and, and, and we refer to that on so many different levels. But, you know, maybe for you, maybe it's like, you know, I just wanna have a blessed life. Or, or maybe you'd say, you know, I, I just wanna have a successful life. That's what my life's, I wanna live the good life. I, I'm going after the good life. You know, I just want a, a comfortable life or a happy life or, you know, with the expression, I'm living the dream, whatever that dream is, or a peaceful life. You know, however you define life it is gonna lead your choices. And so if you're, if you're a person who says, you know, I, I just want a comfortable life, I, I can tell you already some things about your life. First of all, you're probably not gonna sacrifice much. You're, you're probably not gonna go out of your way for others. And, and because of that, you're, you're probably gonna be very limited in your relationships. Here's another thing about your life. If you're a person who says, I just want a comfortable life, you're probably not gonna reach your potential. Because in order to reach your potential, you're gonna to have to go through some uncomfortable times. And you're gonna to have to stretch and sacrifice and give and all the rest of it. You're probably not gonna accomplish very much if you really want a comfortable life. And you'll probably, you'll probably be a disappointment to others around you because of that value. But you lead your life the way that you define your life and it defines your thinking. Maybe you're a person who says, 
You know what, for me, I, I just want to have a, a successful life. You know, I'm all about succeeding. That's my value. That's what's important to me. That becomes the measurement of my life and achieving goals. And, and, and well, if you're a person who's all about success, you know, there's the possibility and actually the probability that you might make some wrong sacrifices and that there might be areas and people in your life who are hurting because of your ambition for succeeding, you know that you can actually be successful and unhappy. And I don't have to give you, but I could easily give you a whole list of names of people just like that. You can be successful and yet be failing in marriage and family. You, you can be successful and yet not, not be appreciated by people because of how you treat them. And so just to lead a successful life really doesn't set the kind of target that, that ensures that at the end of our days, we're able to go, yes, that's what life was all about. You know, some people, they're, the way they would describe their life is, well, I'm just living for my passion. You know, I, I just believe it's about pursuing, pursuing my passion. Uh, you know, that's what my life is all about. Well, ju just because you have a passion doesn't mean that it doesn't have to be treated with wisdom. You know, I've watched people who thought that their passion you know, it was all about, you know, music or all about business or even about ministry for that matter. But their lack of wisdom actually made a bigger mess of their life because of pursuing those passions the way they did. You see, what you think could be your passion might actually be rooted in a personal need for acceptance and attention. And so sometimes in the name of pursuing my passion, all I'm really trying to do is fill something that's missing in my soul. And so your passion might actually, here's the other thing about passion, your passion might actually have very little influence into the world around you. In other words, it doesn't really make that much of a difference, but I submit to you that if you'll surrender your passion to Jesus and ask him to begin to really direct your life and direct your heart, that God can take you to a place of doing something with your life that you'll become passionate about. You know, I wanna talk about one more because Social media has actually made this kind of come alive, and that is people who want to have a popular life. You know, I want, I want, to, be, I want to be famous. I, I, I have a goal of how many followers I have. You know, I, I want to be, I want, on social media, man, people post, and what's the next thing they do? How, how many likes did I get? How many people responded to what I said? They're posting and then they're checking for, you know, the response that they got and, you know, but here's the truth of the matter and that is this, you can be popular, but not very effective. In fact, typically being popular only draws attention to yourself, but it doesn't make you influential in the world around you. You know, I can think of people right now that five or 10 years ago, they, they were extremely popular. I mean, you said their name, everybody knew who they were. And yet the truth of the matter is, is their life is making no difference today. In fact, if I said their name, you'd be like, yeah, I wonder what they're doing. And so popularity, being famous, having a lot of people like you on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, really has a, a sense of vanity to it all. And so Jesus, he, he gives us direction for our life. He, he tells us, this is how I want you to think. The Bible, in fact, you know, tells us, this is how I want you to think. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. When you think about what you want to be in life, he says, here's what I want you to think. 
I want to be fruitful. I want to be fruitful. When Jesus talks about being fruitful, you know, I think about that in John chapter 15. Most likely he's walking with his disciples through a vineyard because this is very typical of Jesus. He would actually point to everyday things that were going on around him and then he would use that to illustrate what he's talking about. And so Jesus would be walking by a farmer who's sowing seed and say, you know, just like that seed going into the ground. Let me talk to you about what the word of God does when it goes into your life. He would use those kind of illustrations. And, and so I could just envision Jesus with his disciples passing a vineyard and then using the vineyard as a metaphor for what your life should be centered around when he says, be fruitful be fruitful. Let me just talk to you a little bit about some characteristics of fruitfulness. First of all, fruitfulness is all about my contribution, not my consumption. You think about it. A vineyard does not exist unto itself. The whole purpose of a vineyard is to produce fruit for the benefit of others. It's what it does for those outside of the vineyard. It does not exist for itself. To be fruitful is to think in terms of what is coming out of my life and how it benefits others around me. My serving, my character, my participation. Fruitfulness is about the impact that your life can have on others. And when you're fruitful, listen, when you're fruitful, others are blessed by your fruitfulness. When you're fruitful, others are blessed by your fruitfulness. You know, to be fruitful is to sow seeds for a bigger future. You know, inside of fruit is the seed of the potential of another plant that could be grown and, and then it'll produce fruit and inside of that fruit will be the seeds of another plant that can be grown. So being fruitful has this overflowing, reproducing impact in the world around us. You think about it just even in terms of the gospel. You know, if you're a Christian, the gospel has become fruitful in your life, bringing you to a relationship with Jesus. But now as you tell others about Jesus and you share that gospel with others, it has the ongoing impact of helping somebody else find a relationship with Christ who will tell somebody else about their relationship with Christ, who will find Jesus and tell somebody and so on. And so being fruitful is about sowing seeds for a bigger future, for a bigger future. You know, even thinking about the impact of Jesus in your life and how you live and your choices and your values are sowing seeds that will impact generations. I'm telling you, generations, people will look back on your life and they'll say, do you remember great, great, great grandpa, great, great, great grandma? Do you remember the story about them doing this and that and what God did in their life? I'm telling you, if you're fruitful, you will impact generations. To be fruitful is to glorify the source. Now we look at fruit and when we look at fruit, we celebrate the tree. You know, we, we, look at, we look at maybe not so much vineyards around the great white north, <laughs> but certainly apple trees. We look at the fruit and we, in the fall, we go, man, what an amazing tree. You know, the fruit glorifies the source. Jesus said in John 15, we give glory to God when we're fruitful. So how can my life glorify God? Be fruitful, be fruitful. You know, when we see fruit, we think of the source, we think of the tree. You know, we look at 
We look at a grape and it, the grape points to a grape, grape vine. We look at an apple and it defines, yep, this is an apple tree. We look at a pear and it defines, yep, this is a pear tree. Listen, the fruit points to the source. Our fruit, the fruit of our lives is to point to Jesus. In other words, when you're fruitful, you don't draw attention to yourself. You actually draw attention to God. It's about turning people's attention to the one that you magnify, which is Christ in you. To be successful can simply point to ourselves. To be famous or popular, once again, can just point to ourselves. To be fruitful means your life actually has a quantity about it or quality about it rather that draws attention to Jesus and what he's done in your life. Fruit is the product of connection. Fruit is the product of connection. It's being connected to the vine that causes that grape to grow. We, we know that grape starts growing, you disconnect it from the vine, it dies. It's in the connection to the vine that it grows and the fruit in our life comes from a, a place of connection. First of all, our connection to Jesus. Fruit in your life comes out of your connection or your relationship to Jesus. It, it comes out of our connection, not only to Jesus, but to the right people to godly people, people of like values, like vision. It comes with our connection to right thinking. You know, you can be connected to Christ, but if you're connected to wrong thinking, it'll sabotage what God could do with you. And so that's why the Bible talks so much about renewing the mind and things like this. We've got to get connected to right thinking. We've got to get connected to God's purposes. Jesus said, make the tree good, and guess what? The fruit will be good. The fruit will be good. In other words, if you have the right connections, you're gonna have the right fruit in your life. The life that we focus on, the connection that we focus on will determine the fruit that we bear. And so it's first to Jesus as Lord in my life, but then it's to right people. It's being connected to a healthy church. It's being connected to right purpose, right thinking and vision. To be fruitful is to become fulfilled. To be fruitful is to become a fulfilled person. You know, the, the purpose of a grapevine is to produce grapes. Our purpose is to be fruitful. And so in so doing, we become fulfilled. You know, John chapter 15 says that, and it kind of wraps up, Jesus talks about all this bearing fruit and all the rest, of, and then he wraps it up by saying, I'm telling you all this so that your life can be full of joy. So in other words, when you're fulfilled in life, you know, you really have true joy in life. And the path to fulfillment is a path of fruitfulness, fruitfulness. The call of God is to be fruitful. Well, what exactly is a fruitful life or how do I achieve it? What are, what are the ways, what are the ways that our lives can become fruitful? I'm gonna give you four ways in the next few minutes that we have together. Number one, Pursue personal growth. You want to be fruitful? Pursue personal growth. Matthew chapter three and verse eight, uh, the scripture says this, therefore bear fruit in keeping with repentance. What's he saying? John the Baptist was confronting people who said they had a faith in God and he was saying, listen, you have a faith in God, but I want you to have the fruit of the faith in God. In other words, there ought to be the byproduct of a changed life that comes from a relationship 
with the Lord. Changed life is the fruit of our faith. Likewise, Jesus said, it's not enough just to call me Lord, Lord. He says, that's not enough just to verbally acknowledge uh, me for who I am. Your life should be different. Your life should be changed. There should be the impact of the gospel that changes the person of who you are. There should be fruit coming from your relationship. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. It's the fruit of change. Salvation is the beginning of change in your life. That's a dimension of fruitfulness when our lives are changed because Christ has come into our life, changed our attitude, changed our heart, and the Bible says our old life has passed away and a new life has begun. You know, in John chapter 15, Jesus said this in verse 1. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that there may be more fruit. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, listen, the key to fruitfulness is change in your life. And when I come into your life, there's some things that need to be taken away. We need to get rid of them right now. Because why? Because they're they're not fruitful. They're not helpful to your life. They're not, gonna, they're not beneficial to your future. They're not gonna help you realize your potential. They're not gonna lead you in my purposes. Those things are dead. Those things add nothing. We gotta take those away. And then he says this, but when you are fruitful, know this, God's gonna prune and bring change in your life so that there could actually be more fruit It's pretty clear what the goal is here, isn't it? So what does that pruning mean? What does that change mean? That means that God's gonna work on your character, your habits, your attitudes, your spirit, your ambition, your heart, your thinking for the purpose of being fruitful. And so if we're gonna be fruitful, we've got to have an attitude that says, I'm gonna pursue personal growth and let God bring change into my life. Number two, if you're gonna be fruitful, You need to pursue knowing Jesus more and more. Pursue knowing Jesus more and more. I I say that that way very specifically because sometimes people are like, yeah, I know Jesus and really what they're meaning is I know about Jesus. So in other words, they don't have a relationship with him at all. Or they say, well, I know Jesus, like I've made a connection with Jesus, but it stopped there. You know, the, the Bible talks about our relationship with God being a growing and ongoing relationship. In other words, I know God, but, and I have the experience of a close relationship with him, but it doesn't mean it can't get closer. It doesn't mean I can't know him more. It doesn't mean I can't experience him more in my life. Once again, Jesus uses the metaphor of the vineyard and he points to the branches that are connected to the trunk and he says, basically, you've gotta be connected to me in order to bear fruit. That's our relationship. Philippians 2.13 says, it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. For his good pleasure. Being fruitful in your walk with God comes out of your relationship with Jesus. This is a relationship thing. I can't give you like, okay, here it is. Here's the ABC. Do A plus B plus C equals fruitfulness like it's mechanical, like it's, like it's a factory or anything like that. No, no, it's a relationship. Now, why is that important? Because you're unique and so am I. 
You're not, you don't have my gifts, I don't have your gifts. You don't have my calling, I don't have your calling. Your calling, your gifts, who you are is absolutely unique. You are a snowflake in humanity, absolutely unique. And only God himself can lead you in a fruitful path. And so it comes out of relationship that we discover fruitfulness. We're to be led by the Spirit. We're to be prompted by the Holy Spirit. We're to recognize when God is speaking to us and leading us and directing and guiding us, just like we see in the book of Acts. And when we do that, we live a fruitful life. Jesus said this, John 15, 4, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus says, you can't even bear fruit unless you're connected to me. What's he talking about? He's talking about you can't have the fruit of a relationship with Jesus unless you continually live in relationship to Jesus. It doesn't grow by itself. This is the fruit that God wants to produce in your life that can only come out of your relationship with Christ. Number three, Pursue the purposes of God in your life. We already read in Romans chapter seven that we became Christians so that we could bear fruit for God. When when Jesus pointed to the tree that was not bearing fruit in the scriptures, he he looked at it and he said, look at at that tree. He says, it's not got any fruit on it. You might as well cut it down and burn it. That's what you do with trees that don't, don't add fruit to it. What's he saying? He's saying, listen, Because there's no fruit, that tree is actually disconnected from its purpose. What's the purpose of an apple tree? It's to grow apples. What's the purpose of an orange tree? To grow oranges. What's the purpose of a pear tree? To grow pear trees. Listen, without fruit, we're disconnected from our purpose. And so pursuing our purpose is about being fruitful. John 15, 16, Jesus says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you would go and bear fruit. That you would go and bear fruit. This verse speaks to the fact that being fruitful is intentional. It's the purposes of God. It comes in the package of pursuing God's purpose. You are chosen. God has appointed you to bear fruit. You and I are called to live a life of purpose. You know, we are called to live a life in the purpose of glorifying God with our lives, the purpose of representing Jesus to the world around us, the purpose of becoming more and more like him as we get to know him, the purpose of knowing God and growing in the knowledge of him, the purpose of serving others, the purpose of fulfilling our responsibility in life to our spouse and to our children, the purpose of using the gifts and talents that God has placed on our, on our lives for the benefit and blessing of others, the purpose of living a life that seeks first God's will in it. You and I are called to live a life full of purpose. And fruitfulness is about living in the purposes of God. Listen, purpose trumps it all. Purpose trumps comfort. Purpose trumps popularity. Purpose trumps just living the good life or or purpose even trumps success. You know, just because you're successful doesn't mean you've hit the mark. Success, you know, can be very self-centered, but purpose is always about what you do for others. And when we pursue purpose, we are made into a fruitful person. Number four, pursue a life motivated by love. 
pursue a life that is motivated by love. In John chapter 15, Jesus talks about abiding in him and the importance of our connection to Christ in order to bear fruit. But then he goes on and says this in verse nine, John 15, nine. He says, just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. Now he's speaking to what it is that should motivate our lives. The love of God, the love of God. You know, it's the love of God that is meant to motivate your, your walk with the Lord. It is the love of God that is foundational to your following of Jesus. When you repent and you receive forgiveness and acceptance and, and God comes into your life, it's the experience of his unconditional love. And, and that's why we not only believe in Jesus, but we so willingly follow Jesus. But then Jesus goes on to say that, to say that that love that he has shown to us should be shown to others. That, that that love is not just about something that we experience and receive and hold on to, but it's something that literally becomes fruit from our lives in that now we show that love towards others. And so we, we literally bear the fruit of love in how we love people. Love is the fruit that impacts others around us. It's the motivation to care, to reach out, to meet needs, to offer assistance, to show compassion, all the rest of it. You see, fruit does not exist for itself. And, and the value of what a vine produces is found in how it benefits and blesses others. And that's exactly what love will do. That's why we're to pursue love. That's why we're to let it be our motivation. Love seeks to bless others. Love will sacrifice for others. That's exactly what Jesus did for you and I because he loved us. He gave, the Bible says he loved us and gave himself for us, gave himself for us. That love is meant to change our lives and then that love is meant to be shown through our lives. It is to be the motivation of how you live your life. And if you let your life be motivated by, motivated by love, the promise is you'll be fruitful. You'll be fruitful. Well, over the next coming weeks, we're gonna explore this topic in more depth and I just absolutely believe that God wants to put something inside of your heart, a value and a way of thinking that says, my life is all about being fruitful. But you know, before we, before we wrap up today's service, and I am gonna pray for, for everybody in just a moment, I first wanna take a moment for those who are watching who don't know Jesus yet, who have never, who have never as the scripture talks about, connected to the vine. They've never embraced a relationship with him. First of all, I want you to know something. God loves you just the way you are. God loves you just the way you are. And when you look at your life and compared to God, God is holy, but you like everybody else are sinful. We've made our mistakes. We've made our poor choices. We've failed ourselves. We've failed others. We've failed God. The wonderful thing about, about it is this is that God did for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Jesus paid the price by going to the cross and dying there and giving of his life for your salvation, for your forgiveness, and then rose from the grave so that you and I could have a brand new start in life. And so, you know, the beginning of being fruitful 
is being in relationship with him. And I wanna give you an opportunity right now to pray with me while you're watching. And just to simply repeat this simple prayer with me. And as you do, I want you to know something. God hears your prayer. He's gonna answer. And this is your beginning of your connection to Jesus in your life. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and paid for the sins of the world and rose again from the grave. I ask you to forgive my past and I invite you into my life and I confess you as my Lord, the one I will follow and my savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer with me, first of all, you've just made the best decision of your life. Second of all, I want to encourage you to text the word celebration to 76,000. Celebration to 76,000. We're going to respond to you. We're going to give you information that we'll be able to send to you to help you grow and go forward in your walk with God. Now, as we conclude, I just want to pray for everybody who's been watching uh, as we just wrap up today's service. Father, I just pray for each and every one of us who watched today. Lord, I pray that we would be fruitful. Lord, that that would be central in our heart. That would be our passion. That would define our life and define our choices. And Father, I thank you that as we choose to live a fruitful life, God, that your promise is that we'll experience joy like never before. We'll experience fulfillment like never before. And Lord, that we'll come to the end of our life and be able to look at our life and say that, and be able to hear you say, as the scripture says, well done, good and faithful servant, that we'll know that we have glorified you and made the right choices throughout our lives as we choose to be fruitful. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Have a great day.